Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. You see, the Bible says that we should come into his house or his courts with praise and thanksgiving. You see, and many times I've been guilty, we've all been guilty of coming to church only to receive something from God. And I want to encourage you to always show up expecting and anticipating a great move of God. There's nothing wrong with that, but that is only 50% of why we are here. The Bible says to enter. What does that mean? The very first thing that we should do before asking God for something is bringing something to God. Enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, why? Is there anybody grateful in this room? How about because you woke up this morning? How about for the air that you breathe, the shoes on your feet, the clothes on your back? You see, we have so much to be grateful for, and sometimes we forget to thank God for even the smaller things in life that maybe a lot of other people don't have. There's people around the world that don't have shoes like you and I do. They don't have clothes like you and I do. They don't have a roof over their head like we do. And we take those things for granted when other people are begging God for the very same things we complain about. Oh, these shoes are too tight. Oh, this shirt didn't match well. When people don't even have a shirt to put on their back. You see, so I'm here to remind you if if the effects is, is a little distracting, it's fine. You can take it off off of this mic. It's cool. I'm here to encourage you today. You can take your seat. Take your seat. You're looking at me like, man, when are we going to sit down? Okay. I'm here to encourage you this morning. When we show up to the house of God, let us show up with our hands full. Full of gratitude. Full of thanksgiving. How many of y'all parents here? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Parents, parents, raise your hand. Okay. How many of y'all have y'all's children with you here today? Yeah? Good, good, good. Okay, that's something to be grateful for. The Bible says that children are a blessing from God, right? And sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes they've fallen out, right? They acting out on aisle nine at H-E-B and you just, you're like, God, where the blessing at? You know, but they are a blessing from God. There's other people around the world that can't have children or maybe they've lost a child. And you and I, we have the honor and the privilege and the blessing by the grace of God to be able to enjoy and raise our children. So that's something to be grateful for. This is not the message I'm going to preach, but I just wanted to share, share this with you before we even jump into the word today. We have to show up to church with our hands full of gratitude and thanksgiving. It's not an option. It's a commandment. You know what a commandment is? Something that God requires of us. Come to his house. Come to his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Not if you woke up on the, on the right side of the bed. Not if everything's going well for you. Because it's easy to show up grateful with a smile on your face when everything is working out as you planned. But when storms hit and circumstances come and not everything is working out for you like you want it to, are you still willing to praise God because he's faithful? Are you still willing to worship the Lord because he's a good God? 
Ooh, thank you for the two and a half people that clapped their hands this morning. Woo! Yeah, we're getting somewhere. We have to come to church. This is for the believers. If you're not a believer, if you don't even know what is going on here today, it's okay. This is not for you. This is for the believer, those who call themselves Christians. So I'm going to put you on the spot today. A lot of preachers won't do that. They don't want to put anybody on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot right now. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you call yourself a follower, raise your hand. Okay? For those who didn't raise their hand, the altar is open. We want to pray for you right now. In Jesus' name. If you call yourself a follower, then this is a commandment for me and for you. To enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Nothing less. So I want to encourage you, every time we come to church, every time you show up to the house of God, don't come empty-handed, only expecting God to do something. Now, I want you to come with that expectancy and that anticipation, waiting and knowing that God is going to do something, but that is only half. The other half is that we should come with our hands full, ready to give to God, even if he does nothing else for us. Why? Because he already did enough for us over 2,000 years ago when he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary. And if you've accepted his forgiveness, you've accepted salvation, you've accepted redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ, then what more can we ask for? Everything else is just the grace of God. What the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything else it will be added unto you. Everything else is an add-on. Everything else is an add-on. But what God did for us over 2,000 years ago is enough for us to thank God for the rest of our life, even if he did nothing else for us. So right there where you're at, can you just raise your hands to heaven? Father, before we move on today, God, we want to say thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love that is unconditional, God. Thank you for saving us. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to take our place as a sacrifice, as a substitute on a cross that belonged to us, a cross that had my name on it, a cross that I deserved and he didn't, but he took it upon himself, God. And he died in my place so that today I could be saved, forgiven, set free, delivered. And for that, we want to thank you today, God. We want to say thank you, that we're grateful today, God. There's not even words enough to express that could ever express our gratitude, God. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if I have at least three people that are grateful for what God has done in your life, can you put your hands together and give God a praise? And then we're going to jump in today's message. Today, I want to talk to you about riding the pine. Anybody have any clue what that means? Raise your hand if you know what that means. Riding the pine, okay. Anybody else? How many basketball fans do we have? Basketball fans? One? The same lady who said she knew about riding the pine. Okay. God bless you, sister. No basketball fans? Why? Because the Spurs are horrible now? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Raise your hand. Basketball fans, where y'all at? Let me see. Hands up, hands up, hands up. One, two. Everybody else, what do y'all like? Cricket? Jesus Christ, golf? Yeah. I hate watching golf, but I went one day and it's pretty it's pretty cool. But I hate watching, I can't stand it. It's like people I love watching baseball, but people say it's boring to watch. But I grew up playing baseball, so it's interesting to me. Football fans. Anybody football fans? Okay, all right. I mean more football fans here. Any sports fans? Any of any sport? 
marbles, any sport. That one, in, they, they brush the ice and that little thing. I don't know what it's called. Any sports at all. Please, somebody raise your hand if you like sports. All right. Good. Okay. So riding the pine is a term in the sports world of a person who is part of the team but only sits on the bench most of the time. Doesn't get a lot of play time. Doesn't get a lot of time on the field, on the court. So he's riding the pine, pine meaning the wood, right? What the benches are usually made out of wood. Nowadays, they make them out of different materials. But this term comes from a person who's simply riding the pine, sitting on the bench. Now, that team might even make it to win a championship, and they didn't play two minutes all year long. But guess what? They get a ring just like everybody else on the team. They get to reap the benefits of their team members. They get to reap the benefits, which is the championship ring. Some get bonuses, different things like that. Uh, Some get, uh, what do you call that, endorsements, uh, commercial deals, shoes, different deals like that. And they get this, they get to reap and enjoy the benefits of being on the championship team, but they did nothing all year round. You know what that reminds me of many times? The church. Because on the court, how many people play at the same time of one team? Five people, right, in basketball. But there's not only five team members, right? How many are there? Anybody know? I think in football, what is it, 52? 51 or 52 people? 11 on the field, right, 11? Am I right? Y'all, y'all don't watch sports? I'm, I'm, I don't have cable, so I'm trying to remember from back in the day. 11 on the field, but there's 52, I believe, players total. But not all of them play at the same time. Some play defense, some play offense, some are backup quarterbacks or backup uh, team members. They play if somebody gets hurt. So the church is a lot like that. There's only, there's, let's say there's about, what, 40, 45 people? I'm pretty bad. At, well, I'm actually pretty good at math, but I'm bad at guessing. So what is there, like 40, 45 people here? Out of 45 people, there's probably a handful of people that are actually serving and doing something. Everybody else is what? Say with me. Riding. Mm. I love being the guest speaker because I get to leave after this. (laughs) Y'all don't have to see me next week. Poor Pastor Bob and Karen, right? You see, some players are there because they're just not as good as some other players. Some, they're just, you know, a backup. Uh, but they're, they're there if they need them. But other players are on the bench because they might not be using their full potential. And that's so true. Some people are probably not that good. But if you're in professional sports, you're probably good. But maybe you're not using your full potential, so they don't, you're not a starter. You're a backup. If somebody gets injured or hurt, then they put you in the game. But in the meantime, they're riding the pine. And I don't think that within the church, there's people that aren't good enough. I do believe, though, that there are people that aren't using their full potential. And because you're not using your full potential that God has given you, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your knowledge, you're not putting it to use to its full potential. You're still riding the pine. When God is anxious to put you in the game. But you don't want to use your full potential. You see, we all have talents in the kingdom of God. We all have talents. We all have been given gifts from God. 
How many of y'all are musicians? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're a musician. Singer. Yeah? Good, good, good. What do you play, bro? Guitar? I kind of knew it by the mustache, but I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Guitar. Awesome. Anybody play accordion? Anybody? No? Okay. I know you sing mariachi, right? Cristo, mariachi. How many of y'all are carpenters? Raise your hand. Carpenters. Electrician? Okay, carpenter over there. Electrician? Oh, good. Okay. Um, what else? Let me see. Mechanic. Mechanics? I need a mechanic. No, I'm just Listen, we all have gifts and talents. All of us, every single one of us. Think about it. Ladies, most of the time, y'all are very crafty. Y'all love doing DIYs. Y'all make something out of nothing. How many of y'all ladies like to cook or y'all can cook good? Yeah? Okay. Because you might not like to cook, but you've had to do it the whole, your whole life and you've gotten good at it, right? That's a gift. That's a talent. Whatever it is. Maybe you're an event organizer. I'm very bad at that. I love doing events, but I'm very bad at organizing everything. There's other people that are great at all those details, all the logistics. Maybe you have manager skills. Maybe you're good at whatever it is, but you have to discover what your gift and your talent is. You have to develop it and then put it to good use. Because if you don't, then you're simply riding the pine. You know, statistics say that 80 uh, 90%, 90% of people in the church are simply riding the pine and 10% are doing all the work. Think of that. Let's say there's 50 people in this room. 50. Statistically, there's only five people that are carrying the weight today. Five people. One, two, three, four, five. There they are. Six. Where's the rest? Where's the other 90%? Where's the other 85%? Now, how many of y'all call pursuit your home, church, your home? Raise your hand. Everybody else is visiting? That's great. That is awesome, man. That's good to have new faces, new people. But for those who are calling pursuit home, and if you consider calling this place your home, I want to be the one to tell you that... God is calling every single one of us to get off the pews. Well, they're not pews anymore, right? But the chairs. And get involved, hands on. Get involved in what God is doing here at this house. Stop. We have to stop riding the pine and we have to get in the game. I want to read from Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. I want, I'm just going to read this. So y'all can pay attention. We're not going to have it on the screens. I think we get, we get too accustomed to reading off the screens. Nobody ever brings a Bible to church anymore. Nobody ever wants to open the Bible app on their phone. We're getting lazy in the church because of those things right there. But anyways, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry. I'm not judging you on the outside, maybe on the inside. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. Just listen. I'll read it. It says, it's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities to one. He gave five talents, say five talents to another. He gave two talents, say two talents. 
Okay, I'm going to need y'all to get excited about the Word of God, okay? I'm going to need y'all to preach with me today, okay? Here we go. Uh, To one he gave five talents, to another two talents. To the third he gave one talent. Say one talent. There we go. Depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work. Look at this. The first servant to which he gave how many? Five talents. He said he immediately went to work. He didn't test the waters. He didn't come to church for three months to see if I like it or not, if I want to serve or not. No, 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 no. As soon as his master gave him his talents, he went to work immediately. It says, and he doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. The second man received how many talents? Two talents. The second did the same. But the man with the single talent dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. So talents back in the day represented a, uh, uh, a sum or an amount of money. Okay? So it's not talking about talents like gifts and abilities, whether you're a musician, carpenter, etc., etc. This talents was actually an amount of money that his master had given them. Now, we could apply that today to money, but we could also apply it to our gifts, talents, and abilities. Whatever it is that the master, God, our Heavenly Father, has given you. Has he given you money? Has he blessed you with wealth? Then that's what God has given you. That's your talent. If God has blessed you with knowledge, if God has blessed you with gifts and talents, then that is what God has given you. But what did the third man do? He buried the money in a hole. He buried it, and it says he did it carefully. And I think that there's too many here today and in the church worldwide that have carefully dug a hole in the ground, have hidden their talents, their gifts, their ability, their finances, and are doing absolutely nothing with them. Look what it says. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given five talents showed him how he had doubled his investment. So let's do a little bit of math. Crystal, if he gave him five and he doubled it, how many did he return? Ten. Very simple, right? Five plus five equals ten. It says, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given five talents showed him how he had doubled his investments. His master commended him. And said, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. But isn't it sad that within the church, many of us don't want to partner with our master? We don't want to partner with our God by using our talents and doubling up what he has blessed us with. Look, the, the, the master showed up and called them to held them accountable for the money he had given them. And God is going to hold us accountable for the talents, the gifts, and the finances that he has blessed us with. You see, what God gives us, it's by his grace, but he considers it an investment. God doesn't throw anything away just in the trash for no reason. What he has given you, it's a gift to us, but for him, it's an investment, and he's expecting a return. Let 
The servant with the two talents showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him as well. Good work. You did your job well. How many of us, if God stood right here at this altar and called us and held us accountable for the things he has blessed us with, will he say, good job, you've done well? Think about it. From now on, be my partner. That's incredible. Be my partner. You, want, you know what a partner basically is in, in, in a business? Is part owner. Right? There's businesses that maybe one person owns it. They have a partner. They split it in two or however they want to divide the equity. Or three partners, four partners, and then they divide it amongst themselves. Look what God is saying. God wants you to become his partner. He wants you to become part owner with him in the kingdom of God. But are you doubling up on his investment? Are you using your gifts and talents well to serve God, to serve the people of God, to serve in the church? Chris, I think we need to do a a volunteer sign up after this. Because I think all of us can be useful in the kingdom of God. God doesn't make trash. God doesn't make garbage, no matter what your spouse says about you. I like to have fun in the house of God, man. The the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what the Bible says. So if you want to laugh with me today, it's okay. Are you using your gift, your talents, and your wealth to advance the kingdom of God? To double up on his investment. Listen, the servant given one talent said, Master, I know you have high standards and you hate careless ways. And that may be true. Because as leaders and as pastors, we have to hold high standards. Because if not, then who's going to do it? Everything's going to go out of control, out of order. If there's no standard then nobody knows what to do or what to expect or how to expect to do anything. And everything is going to be chaos. 